Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We're Speed City, Austin, Texas. The Azerbaijan Grand Prix did not turn out to be the super exciting crash-riddled red flag, yellow flag that we thought it might be. The ride of the Valtteri. <laughs> yes, the man, Valtteri Botas. That's I like that at least. Oh, I'm, um, yeah. I mean, the, the bottom line is yes, not the most exciting Grand Prix, but um, tick that box for Valtteri uh, because uh, he now leads the championship, all right, by a point. But the point is, I think um, we've got a we've got a real challenge. Finally, we, we've been talking about you know, I mean, people were writing off Botas at the beginning of the season, yeah. Um, and now we do have a genuine different. I think he's a different guy. He really is. He's come out of the winter, and I said that at the end of last season, if you remember, I said he's got to go back and scratch his head, as did Vettel, scratch his beard, scratch his beard, and 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 work it out. Uh, and he has. Um, and for for whatever reason, um, he is a different man, and he is absolutely dialed in to to beat Lewis, just as Rosberg was that year that he beat him. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the race there, he could have lost it. You know, because remember we were saying, was he mentally tough? You remember yeah. there was a couple of times last season when he wasn't aggressive enough? Yeah. But uh, in this case, but at the end of the race, uh, Hamilton was trying to get into that one second to get DRS sure. and could have done it. And Val- Valtteri kept the lap times up. And then it was Hamilton who made the rare mistake, who couldn't get inside and get DRS. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lewis... <sighs> is still, you know, uh, the benchmark for all of Formula 1 still. I mean, uh, I don't oh, think, he, yeah. you know, he didn't make any mistakes. And, and, and you know, what's amazing, actually, is for, like I said, it was a bit of a disappointment because it's such a trap. And we saw qualifying was so exciting. I know. Well, yeah. I, I, I say so exciting, but because there were crashes, people are foilable, you know, they are making mistakes now and again. Yeah. Um, whereas we didn't really see it in the race. And then that was kind of cool in that respect. But uh, tough, tough track. If we could have just had one loose manhole, would have changed everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that guy, so he fixed it. He just <laughs> It's right. He welded it up. <laughs> All done. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He shook his hands. Done and dusted. He That's was, it. He jumped on top of it. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, there wasn't a whole lot other to talk about. Quite honestly, Daniel Ricardo backed into. Yes, you heard that right. You saw the race. Daniel Ricardo and Daniel Kvyat, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came into the turn. Daniel was passing him. Couldn't do it. Locked up. Went and ran off into the runoff. And then Kvyat kind of had to run in behind him and ended up against the wall. And then immediately, uh, Ricardo backed into him. And took them both out of the race. Nice, essentially. Well, what I mean, and, and there, there is, therein lies the story. Ricardo, what on earth is going on? It's not been the. I mean, 
It's yeah. not been it's not been the dream start, has it? To his, no. uh, his season. But then again, you look at Hulkenberg, and I mean, you know, uh, where are Renault this year? I mean, compared to the non-factory teams, and I'm thinking McLaren. Um, you know, who yeah. are so much uh, better than the Renault factory team. And it's uh, an interesting story, this. It's, it's developing into one. Yeah. I mean, the whole midfield. I mean, look, where were we? We were Haas and Renault thinking they're going to battle out for best of the rest. But yeah, I'm totally upside Haas down. Is, Haas is the other one. I mean, where yeah. are they? <laughs> In trouble, really. I mean, it's not good right now. And I don't even know why, we have to look it up, why uh, Grosjean retired. I mean, I, he had... He obviously had trouble during the race, and um, but I don't know why he retired. It's just it's not looking good for them right now. My team, my team, my boys are in trouble. But yeah, let's just run down the race. So Botas won the race over Hamilton, and then Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen in fourth, Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, the McLaren team in seventh and eighth. Yeah, very good. And Lance I mean, can you, can you imagine that? Two years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, one year ago. And Lance Stroll, ninth. Kimi Raikkonen in the points for Mr. Raikkonen. Yep. Alexander Albon in 11th. Uh, Giovinazzi in 12th. Kevin Magnussen for the Haas in 13th. Hulkenberg, the other Renault in 14th. Wow, yeah. And uh, George Russell Kubica. And then out of the race, of course, Gasly, Grosjean, Kvyat, and Ricardo all did not finish the race. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it got exciting there with Leclerc, right? So Leclerc sure. got up and led the race because he was started on medium tires and stayed uh, in there to, what, 36, 37 laps. And, uh, but, but you know, the, the one safety car we did have hurt him really bad, actually, because he was just about to go into the long straight. And at that point, he was under safety car, so he had to limit to 40% of maximum speed, and so he lost like 20-something seconds during the safety car. So that sucked for him. And a couple other stories. I mean, Max Verstappen, fourth place. I think that's where he started, if I'm not mistaken. He's actually quietly doing a good job this season. Um, you know, uh, he's ahead of the Ferraris. Um, and that's pretty impressive. Uh, he's just, like I said, just quietly gone about his business. So... Um, Quite, quite impressed with, with the way that Max is going about, you know, how, how he's doing his job, put it that way. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, we're looking down. I mean, I guess you've got to be Perez finished. Six. In fact, sorry, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just change that. Sebastian Vettel's gone one point ahead of him. Oh, he has. Yeah. Yeah. With the third place podium finish today. Uh, Sergio Perez finishing sixth. You know, we where, where did he start? Either started fifth or sixth, something like that. And, I mean, those guys are looking good. We said it before, Lance Stroll finished ninth, which, I mean, all things considered, good for him. He's been having a little trouble lately. Yeah, and, and actually, the, the, the Racing Point team actually looked pretty good. Given the sort of maelstrom that they've had, given the upheaval that they've had of change of owner, et cetera, et cetera, they've done a really good job, I think, of just maintaining what they've gone. What they've got, uh, Sergio Perez, I actually think is the quiet, the quiet sort of hero. Um, Stroll still got some, you know, rough edges to iron off, but uh, all in all, not a bad team. Yep. Uh, hey, we got our we got a caller, and by the way, if you want to call and join the conversation, five one two six four three live five one two six four three five four eight three. 
Well, we got our buddy, uh, who the experienced F1 man, Andy Stobart, uh, calling in from the UK. Mr. Stobart, how are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. I managed to stay awake for that race, so was, uh, <laughs> woke up, woke up quite a bit at the end. So uh, yeah, very well, thank you very much. Well, if you had heard our post, our pre-race show, uh, you would. I'd have to be eating crow right now because I was saying this is going to be a great race. It's going to be fantastic because it's the street race. There's going to be red flags, yellow flags, but I mean, it was it was pretty bad. Um, well, it wasn't pretty bad in terms of a lot of teams. It was very good because they don't want anything like uh, red flags or, uh, you know, their cars in the wall or anything like that. It wasn't the most eventful uh, race. And we have seen uh, a lot at Baku uh, in the time we've been going there be very eventful. Basically, the teams, they learn uh, and the drivers learn what to uh, avoid at the circuit. Although we saw a few over the weekend uh, familiar bits of uh, barrier being bashed. Um, but uh, yeah, it was um, in terms of, you know, there'll be some happy teams out there, happy drivers, obviously some people uh, less so. Um, but uh, yeah, solid race for the championship. Andy, I've got to ask, what do you think, and I know this is putting you on the spot, but what do you think is going on with Renault at the moment? Because... Um, you know, they just aren't performing. I mean, I look, I'm looking at McLaren's result today with a Renault engine, um, you know, and they have definitely come forward and Renault seem to be struggling. Yeah, they certainly seem to have been, um, seem to, it's not been a good race weekend for them. They struggled for pace. There's a lot of talk of they got their aero package wrong. They tried to get a good bit of pace down the straights, but it wasn't working in the twisty bits. And uh, uh, if you go somewhere with the wrong outlook and approach, uh, then you miss a lot of FP1, obviously. Um, sure. You're behind the ball. So uh, certainly one to forget for them. Um, Nico, all race long, he was nowhere. Uh, Daniel was looking all right um, yeah. for part of the race, but obviously... Um, um, not just one mistake, but two. I mean, look in your mirrors before you reverse. This is like uh, a very basic thing. I guess he uh, expected Kvyat to be uh, either kind of completely alongside parallel, not um, sort of parked behind or have gone away. So um, that was a bit of a comedy of errors there. Um, no one would be happy with that, uh, either in the Renault or the Toro Rosso garage. Um, but yeah, they, they've certainly not had the start of the season they would have wanted. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of work to be done. And uh, it's really kind of topsy-turvy right now with what we expected from going into the season with, I mean, you, you got McLaren doing great, Renault and, and Haas both struggling. And, uh, you, know, what, you know, what's your take on the Haas team, by the way? What's going on with those guys? Well, they weren't struggling at the very beginning of the season, but they've just seemed to have. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, there's some somebody's dropped their mobile phone under the uh, throttle pedal, or they've uh, <laughs> forgot to put it uh, the engine into the right mode, or, or something like that. It's, it's really, really interesting. Of course, you know, new aero regs this year that everyone tests just at Barcelona, um, and then we go to some very disparate tracks. So if you look across the start of the season, they're very different track characteristics. Albert Park's always an anomaly. It's a street course. Uh, it, it, it is the first race of the season, so it's difficult for people to get on their setups and all that kind of thing. You don't have that experience. Um, then you've got Bahrain and China, two very different circuits in nature. Then um, Baku, which is unique. You know, it, it's not similar to any other sort of circuit. So um, it's an interesting, different part of the um, start to the season where you're jumping to different challenges. Uh, 
equally there are definitely trends emerging we can see the teams that appear to be struggling so yeah has I, I i don't really know and um obviously they'll be looking very closely to see you know where their performance has gone because you know they, they did start the year looking pretty feisty andy it's good to have you on because um You've been around Formula One for a long time, and I always said to John, you know, um, wait till Spain. In other words, wait till we get back to Europe after the initial foray. Uh, wait till we start to see the upgrades. Wait till Barcelona. That's when the season begins. And it's always been a sort of, I don't know, mantra uh, amongst people involved in Formula One because um, that that tends to be when, you know, if there's something wrong with a car, that's when you fix it. If you have an upgrade, upgrade you can do it then. Tell, tell me more about the, that philosophy, because am, am I wrong when I say that? Or, or is that sort of still the, the, the sort of belief amongst the teams? Um, there always was a thing that um, Barcelona, because you test there. Of course, uh, in previous years, we would test other ways, places. We'd test Valencia, Jerez. Even though going out to Bahrain, we'd go to uh, test in the past. But the last few years, it's been Barcelona's the only place we test. Uh, and teams know that place so well. Probably um, drivers could uh, do the circuit blindfold. So you've got the data, you've got the knowledge, you can test and evaluate things. Um, and then you go for the start of the season to some very disparate circuits, as we were saying. Um, and often you would see teams having upgrade packages and then throw everything at the car um, to come in a big bulk when you get to Barcelona. That hasn't been the case, certainly for top teams, for, for quite a number of years, because if you find anything that brings performance on the car, you want to get it on the car as soon as possible. So even if it's just bringing a, a tenth, a fraction of a tenth, a couple of points of uh, aero downforce, you want it on there. So uh, it, it happens less that you see a Barcelona package or, uh, or anything like that. So... Um, it will be interesting when we get back to Barcelona because what we will learn is how much the teams have developed and progressed since pre-season testing because it's the exact same track. Obviously, weather conditions and all that kind of thing will be different, but the teams, it will be a good guide, a good measure of where the teams are. Then, of course, you know, we go from Barcelona to a very different circuit indeed when we go to uh, Monaco. So mm. uh, it, it, it's a very good guide, but it's not um, a set and fast rule what we see in Barcelona. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in the next couple of races. By the way, we're going to have Les Kaiser, our guy, is going to be at Monaco, so that'll be cool, and be there and in-house and see how it goes from inside. But, Andy, what about, uh, you know, what about Ferrari not being able to catch Mercedes at all this year, and now they're, what, 74 points behind? I mean, it's it almost feels like a disaster for Ferrari. I know that, that uh, this weekend, you know, Vettel on the podium and stuff, but it still looks rough for them right now. Um, if there wasn't Mercedes in the championship, it would look splendid for Ferrari, but unfortunately yeah. there is Mercedes uh, in the championship. And you've got, um, yeah, you are talking earlier about Bottas. He's certainly upped his game. Uh, and we did see, I think in his uh, first season alongside Lewis at the beginning of the year, um, he looked quite good for a few races, but then that petered off. And that's going to be the interesting element for me is, how long Bottas can sustain this through the year. Because if he has, can come back, like you saw, you know, Lewis fought back and then Bottas has fought back. So if that can continue through the year, it's going to be very interesting at the front. We haven't seen anything between them clashing 
on track um, in the past. I can't think of any, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of any big, big, big moments. Um, so if they can keep it sensible, keep, avoid hitting each other, um, mm. but drive to the very top and it, it oscillates between the two, it's going to be a fascinating championship, but not for Ferrari if they, you know, the Mercedes stays ahead. Um, the whole setup for Mercedes is exceptionally good. And they've just, you know, they came out of testing. Now, they could have played us. They could have absolutely played the best uh, poker hand ever or poker face ever and um, kept quiet during uh, pre-season testing and let everyone uh, think that the Ferrari was quicker and then just uh, turned the performance up to 11 and gone for it. I don't think that was the case. Mm-hmm. You never know in uh, Formula One. But... Um, yeah, Ferrari don't seem to have delivered um, so far to the, the extent that we thought they were going to. That's certainly the case. Uh, it will be interesting, this Barcelona race that's coming up next, to see where they are, because that's obviously where they look so good in pre-season testing. So, yeah, let's see what happens. But, yeah, yeah they, they're they probably performing all right, but obviously Mercedes are ahead of them and just doing an exceptional job. And it is exciting to see Leclerc at Ferrari, but our post-race show is brought to you by Yamaha and the Yamaha Wolverine X2, proven off-road to help you realize your adventure. you got to go check it out. All right, let's go ahead and take a break and listen to the Speed Cities coverage here. We're live in Austin, and we'll be back after these messages. When we see a beautiful car pass by, we always seem to use a hand signal. The classic thumbs up, the point and shoot six gun finger, the hang loose thumb and pinky combo. If you've ever flashed one of those, now there's a car club for you. Introducing the Haggerty Drivers Club. With exclusive members only events, insight on buying and selling, the Haggerty Magazine, and roadside service, the Haggerty Drivers Club gives you a big thumbs up. So keep flashing those fingers. Same to you! Uh, just not that one. Join the Haggerty Drivers Club at Haggerty.com today. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. John John Massengill sitting with Jonathan Green in studio. We got Andy Stobart still on the line. Where are you, Andy, right now, by the way? 
I'm in the glorious Somerset countryside in Ooh. the southwest of England. What's the weather like? Have you seen the sun this spring? <laughs> uh, uh, we, we, we've had quite a, um, a a variety of weather, I should say. We've had some, you know, up to 25C, which I, I have no Ooh. idea what it is in um, in Fahrenheit, so apologise. Uh, That's early morning in Austin, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, and we've also had rain, like you do see in uh, Austin too. So, uh, yeah, we've had quite a mix of weather. It's uh, I'm looking out over beautiful oh. rolling uh, cloud beautiful. and a bit of blue sky, a bit of uh, nice green fields and cows. Jensen back. Button grew up in Somerset. About 20 minutes from where I am now. There you go. Did you hear him? He said you have rain. He said we have rain just like you do here in Austin. He's trying to compare Austin weather. No. Sorry, buddy. No. You're not going <laughs> to... Austin's weather, <laughs> especially right now in the springtime. Yeah, maybe maybe in July and August you can trade us a little bit when it's 100 Austin, degrees. Texas, baby. Austin, Texas, baby. Austin, Texas. All right, now, hey, guys, we got a caller on the line. We got, right. we want to invite someone. By the way, if you want to call and join, it's 512-643-543. But we got Larry in Pennsylvania. Hey, Larry, welcome to the show, buddy. Hi, guys. Um, always great to be on, as always. Um. You sound I down, Larry. You sound down, Larry. <laughs> well, I drove most of the night, so uh, <laughs> my, my schedule's all screwed up from my breakdown last week. Oh. Well, did you get to uh, hear the race, hopefully? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I heard some of the pre-race show in between my watching the world through my eyelids. <laughs> uh, I really was, you know, thinking that Ferrari's strategy is just off the you know the way they were snookered yesterday in Q three and 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 the, the the mistakes they've made during the race and in, during the racing portion this year, you know, the 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 total wolf, the team that he's put together a Mercedes is really gotta be the premier outfit in F one just from the strategy side, let alone the mechanicals the superiority of the entire team Total Wolf has assembled, I think is something F1 hasn't seen since the glory days of Frank Williams or uh, McLaren when they were on top. He's really got everything going on. And then I wondered, and I'd like really an opinion on this, if the mistakes they made with Leclerc today were designed to let Vettel close and fight with the Mercedes, but Vettel on that track is too timid to capitalize on it. Mm. Mm. That's actually an interesting question. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's could be. I mean, I I can't. I'm not going to argue with you, Larry. But uh, yeah, it's something I hadn't thought of. Because I can't see Ferrari making the mistakes they made with Leclerc's race strategy. Nothing else makes any sense. And, and Vettel was clearly very timid. Once he had that scrub in turn eight, that he was a seemingly a different person behind the wheel at that course, and he really doesn't. That course doesn't suit him at all. And and he's been a bit timid at times, which is an uncharacteristic of him. I think that's how much Leclerc has him rattled. And I was just so struck yesterday. I think we're going to see Leclerc Schumacher sooner rather than later. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I wish you remember you heard it from me first. <laughs> uh, you, you, what, you're saying that he's going to be... That Mick Schumacher's going to come up and take Vettel's seat is basically what you're saying, wow. right? Wow. 
I think in two or three years, Jack, because he definitely needs seasoning, but I think he's the real deal. You know, I, I really think he's the real deal like his dad was. Uh, and that's why I think we're going to see him sooner rather than later. Um, McLaren really has had leaps and bounds this year. They clearly have got their chassis sorted out, you know, sorted out so that they're running so much better than the Renault. And um, the other thing, I, I think racing point, it, the, the way that Sergio Perez finished is indicative of his skill at that circuit. Because he was on the podium there last year. Yeah, he's a specialist, definitely. Yeah, I think that's an anomaly. I I really don't think they're that good through the midfield. And and I think your your caller from England there was correct. We've got to see what happens in Europe to find out whether Haas is really in the doldrums or they've just got to get to the to the bread, you know, the meat and potatoes of that one, which is the European swing, to see if they're really seriously in trouble or just, you know, just trying to survive to where they know and are much more familiar with everything going on in Europe. I I, I really don't have enough to comment. No, that's hard to argue with. I, one thing I may argue with you a little bit: you talk about Leclerc having Vettel rattled. I, I don't know if. I mean, especially with the crash and qualifying and uh, and China, I don't know if if Vettel's rattled anymore. But I'm I'm not going to argue with him being replaced at some point. I mean, two or three years down the road, and I think we still got. I mean, Andy Stobart's still on the line. Andy, what do you think about Larry's assessment of uh, the possibility, even of Ferrari and maybe Mick Schumacher joining Leclerc? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen in the course of this season, that's for sure. sure. I, I think, you know, we just saw Vettel, he, he did finish P3, uh, you know, he was on the podium. Uh, yes, he was off the Mercedes, but I think everyone was going to be off the Mercedes today. Um, and it's always a symptom of a team uh, trying to battle a faster car. Um, you can't beat it. You try everything you can think of and you look at do, doing things and Leclerc can obviously go out to try and get the fastest lap to get extra points for the team and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, a, a team with a fast car that's doing well always looks head and shoulders above everyone else because it, it just becomes easy. Um, Mercedes had a very straightforward, easy race today. They could control it from the front. Any team that gets in front generally controls the race. But I do think, though, that uh, this is make or break for Sebastian Vettel. If he doesn't get on top of Leclerc and dominate him this season, I, I, I think it is the beginning of the end in many ways because Cle Leclerc's not going anywhere. Uh, but then is, is um, Vettel going anywhere? How long was Kimi uh, there in uh, hmm. a supporting role? So does it, does it yeah. transition? I say make or breaks may be a too dramatic a sure. statement. It's, sure. it's a change, yes. Um, and... Ferrari want the younger guy to be quicker over time because we all slow up in our old age as we progress, etc. So, you know, this, this is what um, Leclerc's to do. Um, so th I think there's plenty of time for Vettel still with the team. I, I, I would be surprised if he's not there next year. Very surprised. I think I agree okay. with that. All I'd right, be yep. surprised at that. I'll, I'll take that. Hey, Larry, who's your driver of the day? <sighs> I gotta, I, I gotta say it's it's a toss-up between Botas and Max Verstappen. 
because uh, Botas is, is, you know, he's, he's clearly establishing himself, and I'm really kind of wondering if we're not looking at Nico Rosberg 2.0, <laughs> the yep. way he's run this year. And, and Max, with that Renault, is running at the front, and, and he's seemingly right now, they're the best of the rest. You mean with the Honda? His- <laughs> that, was a, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> well, well, maybe that's the case. But... Um, <laughs> I, I'd have to say Botas turned in the drive of the day to, to stay ahead of Hamilton that whole time. I really do. Mm-hmm. And and Clark, I think, he is going to be the number one driver at that team sooner than later because he really didn't do himself any favors in turn eight during during Q2. <laughs> because, you know, if, if you look at Hamilton's shunt in turn eight, he knew not to contact anything, save the car, and go where Leclerc tried to be a hero. And I think maturity will fix that the more experienced and seasoned he gets. Because when you make the jump from, I, you know, I think from F2, the same thing happens in NASCAR. When you step up from Xfinity into Cup, the length of the race is a bit throwing. You have to maintain focus for yeah. such a long period of time. And that takes a little bit of acclimation without regard to talent. That's why I think we haven't seen the best yet from Leclerc. Because even some of the greats, uh, four or five years ago, six years ago, Alonso would have the most curious gaffes and wrecks in the middle of a race, and it had to be a loss of focus. So I think as he gets his endurance over the course of this year and next, I know I... I, I really don't think yet we've seen the greatness of Leclerc, that if he does grow into that role with the experience to make the decisions behind the wheel that Lewis Hamilton has grown into and makes routinely, always makes the right decision at the right time, and that takes time. And so I think we, we will see the best of Leclerc, and that's why I think Bettle's on the out, because he is a multiple-time world champion with his years at Red Bull, and he seemingly is on the downturn, sadly, because he is a great driver and was a, he is a great champion. Well, Larry, I appreciate you calling in. we got to go to a break. I, before we leave, I'm going to leave you guys with my driver of the day. Ooh. Kimi Raikkonen. He <laughs> started yeah. 19th and finished in the points. In the points. How about that, boys? All right, we're going to take a break. Larry, thanks for calling, buddy. We'll uh, We'll talk to you soon. And Andy, hang on with us, and we'll go through the break. You're listening to Speed City. We're in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Hey, beer people. It's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. 
moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Uh, welcome back to the show. Can we get Jay to do all our promos? Speed City. Speed City. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey, guys. That didn't cost that much, though, did it? No. It, it was, you know, what did we pay the normal you, rate? Yeah. Quarter million is I think what we pay? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, before we get back into it, I want to talk about new sponsors. You know, new sponsors in Formula One, that's always a big deal. Well, we have a new sponsor, and drivehimalaya.com is the website. And I want to start with that because if you can get near a computer, oh, you've got to. Yeah, check that out because what these guys do is they, tar- they, they take the Land Rover and the classic Land Rover Defender that you're everyone British. knows. Yes, it's very know. British. And the storied and proven tradition with all of that comes with that, that comes to mind. They take them and they restore, rest, resto mod, whatever you want to call it, but they, they take it to such a level. They take it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to, it, you know, like you said, Jonathan, a couple of shows back, they take it to the Formula One level. Yeah, that, that, that detail-wise, yeah. Yeah. The That's de- the point, yeah. The, the level of the drivetrains they use, they, a lot of the drivetrains they use are the, the GM LS-based, you know, that are unbelievably powerful, totally reliable, you know. It's, they literally scratch their heads and go, what could we do to make this the greatest chassis, you know, the greatest thing on this chassis? Yeah, and, and they just go to literally every nut and bolt the choice of every vendor down to the nth degree, to the fabric and the materials, the texture, what you touch and feel. So the 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 the, the way they do this to a Land Rover Defender is just amazing. And we're about to get to get our hands behind the you know on the wheel and get behind the wheel and drive a couple of these things. Cool. And I just cannot wait because if you go to the website and look at these, I mean they're unbelievable. I can't. And we're going to get one here in Austin and drive it around. I guarantee you this thing will draw attention like nothing because. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. We'll take it to our beers and gears. Yeah, if you don't, if you're not a real car guy, you might look at it and go, wow, that looks really cool. What is that? But if you're a car guy, you'll know that's a Land Rover Defender that's been totally taken to the top. So yeah, if, you, if it passed you on the street, you maybe not overly take notice of it. But if it was parked up and you saw it, you'd be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's not just looks either, you know, with the drivetrain and the suspension oh, and yeah. everything else. So they're, they would never sacrifice the off-road ability of all that too, but but they do add a lot of on-road drivability, which the old Land Rovers were not the best at. But but check them out there at drivehimalaya.com. Hey, Andy, what do you think about that, being a Brit and uh, the, the fact that these guys are, are doing that to these? Yes, I'm one over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured you might not like that. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? Somerset's yeah. perfect for that. It'd be ideal. It would be just right with the barber and hunter one ah, yes. and um, yeah, I could I could certainly make the most of it. Yeah, on the way to the badminton horse trials, I can see Andy Stobart there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix was uh, was not the excitement that we hoped. 
but we are now four races in. And Andy, I've got a question for you, Andy. What? Um, I mm. mean, you know, we've been dogging, and I certainly have, the McLaren efforts uh, over the over the last four years, five years. Uh, you've been right at the sharp end. You've been right there watching the rise and fall heavily of McLaren. I mean, what? I mean, is it James K? Is it what is it that's just click? I mean, is it the Renault? What What is it about McLaren's car this year that is clearly making them the top of the midfield now and finally getting back to the sort of form that we expect from them? Um, well, they've, they've definitely made progress. Um, they had to make progress. I think they've, uh, you, you could be harsh and say they've all made all the mistakes they could in terms of the <laughs> uh, car and the uh, chassis. So, uh, yeah, they've got, they've got clearly got um, good drivers. Lando's doing a spectacular job uh, as a rookie. Carlos is a very solid peddler. I mean, we saw how good he was when he was alongside Max uh, at Toro Rosso. We saw how good he was uh, alongside Nico last year in uh, Renault, and he's doing a very good job. So, yeah, they've made changes at McLaren. Um, it's their second year with the Renault engine. Um, and, yeah, if you do the evidence of four races in, they, but the, it has been mixed up the midfield. It isn't, I don't think we can draw a very strong conclusion because it is only four races. Yes, it's four races, but it is only four races. We've got many more races to come. Um, so we might be discussing the same matter with the same uh, results half a season in, three quarters of the season in, we might be talking about someone else. We, 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 it's still too early to say. Good point. Yeah, it is too early to say. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a more intriguing season, though, because you've got a, <coughs> excuse me, a genuine fight between Botas and Hamilton, and then you've got, clearly, this story which is going to go on and on between the Ferrari Teammates, um, Verstappen's going to raise his head for sure. Um, he's there or thereabouts. Um, do you not feel, um, Andy, just looking from afar now, that this is going to be a more intriguing uh, championship than we've had in, let's say, the last four or five years? I don't know. I think I think there's been a lot of intrigue all the way through all the all the years. It depends where you look. I mean, you can just look at the top and think, well, the results have been very similar. Um, but there's always been intrigue all the way through the year. It's it's many races uh, and many different focal points during the course of the season. Um, yeah, I think there's good scope and potential for sure for this year. Um, and you do want different people winning races. That that is certainly something we want to see. So definitely that complexion at the top it would be good to see different teams winning obviously um but if you have got just one team winning let's have both drivers alternating and uh, a good fight up there you know what we talked about it a minute ago but we didn't really go into it why don't we talk about what's next you know barcelona barcelona and so what may 10th the 10th through the 12th but andy there is so many things that happen when they come when you when they come to europe why don't you talk about that with, you know, and we haven't really talked about Andy. He's what you spent over a decade in Formula One up until last season. And so you, you've you been there, done that as a press officer for Renault team and Lotus. And you've been there and done that. So why don't you tell us what's about to happen? Yeah, so go, going to Europe's like um, you're a lot more at home. So where we see uh, temporary structures or um, permanent buildings at the track um, for the flyaways and all the cars, 
get and all the team kit get or a lot of the team kit gets to the track uh by airplane uh some is shipped when it's uh, what we call flyaway races but the personnel fly uh the cars are flown uh when we go to europe uh everything's chucked in a truck from you know the team factories everyone is based in europe most of the teams are based in the uk and um we see all the hospitality units the office space there i mean when i say hospitality units these are pretty impressive bits of kit um that are built mm-hmm. up uh in the paddock to uh give the teams their own base uh and it's a familiar one where you've got for half of the season that's your home um there's more people going to them um because it's uh, within europe so it's easier for people to get to you have more hospitality and, and all that kind of thing uh, uh spain is obviously um, a place that the team probably know the best because we do so much testing there all the time. So it's it's like putting in a on a on a familiar jacket and uh, you know walking in your front door. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, the first time I got to go into some of those hospitality suites when they came to Austin here back in 2012, <laughs> I was astounded. I was like, this is uh, this is nicer than some of the houses I've lived in. I mean, these they're obviously amazing, but. Well, let's talk about some of the, the technical things that happen too, because I, I am I correct in saying that we get more upgrades here than significantly more than what we've seen up to this point? I mean, I know we had some upgrades this weekend, but there should be a lot of upgrades coming over the next few races. No, I mean, I think with upgrades, it, it's it, every team has their own kind of output they can do and process management. It's, it becomes a kind of process management and systematic uh, how it works with your development etc so you can look where there's a bigger space in the season uh between a race and that they are quite closely packed there's more likelihood to be upgrades just because they have to be flown out yeah your first uh historically your first european one has been one where you see more but as i was saying a bit earlier that there's more if it brings performance you throw it out you get it on the car as soon as possible that said the reasons why you can work on it longer so to get apart from england to spain is you know you could do it within eight hours to get apart from england to australia or to austin or to singapore Mm. takes a lot longer so you've got more time to be doing those parts so that can mean a process and kind of targeting all right we'll bring it out for for barcelona and also barcelona you do see more parts brought because it's an opportunity to test at a known environment Mm. um you, you can get far better conclusions because you know barcelona so very 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 well so um yeah, we'll expect to see bits in Barcelona. Don't expect to see too many new parts when we go to the next race after that, Monaco, because <laughs> Monaco is very unique and, yeah. um, and a challenging one. And you don't want to be trying new front wings because they're quite likely to get broken, uh, especially <laughs> in a low grip FP1 or FP2. So, um, yeah, don't expect to see that. that. Uh, and uh, I think, is it a back-to-back? I have to I have to take a rain check on the damning of that. Um, you certainly see fewer uh, it's two new weeks. parts. Yeah, it's two weeks, yeah. Okay, so... It would enable it, but for the reasons said earlier, we would expect to see less new parts at Monaco. Um, but where there's a back-to-back race, the second of the back-to-back races, you wouldn't expect to see too many new parts because uh, you'd have tried to get those new parts for the first of the two races. Let me ask you another question, talking of parts. Um, this is something that, I mean, you may have talked to when last time you came on, but um, this is something that John's asked me about many times, which is the Haas sort of reputation um, for parts uh, and the way that the likes of Williams and McLaren feel about it, and maybe even Renault from your experience. Um, 
why uh, are the teams upset about the way that Haas has gone about um, its relationship? Um, and will that change in 2021 when the new rules come in? Uh, and just, if you like, op- open that, that sort of Pandora's box a little bit and explain why some of the other teams don't like the way that Haas has gone um, you know, in its relationship to, to be as quick, quickly on the pace as they have been, um, given the parts they get? Uh, why they don't like it, you've, you've answered exactly that, because they are so quickly on the pace. Uh, if they'd followed exactly the same model they had done, but were off the pace and were fighting over a 17th and 18th, no one would be, no one would be too concerned or upset. But um, the model they've used was... Uh, stretching the limits of the rules um, for what was allowed, but it was allowed. So uh, a lot of rule and regulation is down to interpretation. So um, obviously teams are going to make noise. Anything that uh, affects your performance or uh, affects your competitiveness, um, you're going to vent about. So um, it's part of the game. If you just say, yeah, that's fine what they're doing, everything's great, um, they'll keep trying to push a bit more and biting a little bit more and... uh, taking last year's Ferrari car and using it or something like that. I'm just being uh, joking there, but it's, it's part of the game of, of racing. You've got to push. And if you think somebody, one of your rivals is doing something that's close to the line, well, you make noise about it because they maybe are going over it. Maybe they're not, but either way, it puts them under a bit of pressure. It puts them under a bit of scrutiny and, and that ultimately can affect performance. All right. Well, Andy, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about uh, American drivers potentially getting to Formula One because one of the um, one an American driver, J.M. Correa, did really well in Formula Two and has been doing pretty well this season. And we talked a little bit about the pre-race, but I want to get your take on it, Andy. So you're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin. We'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Sellers does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Sellers White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Sellers, Austin's original craft brewery. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. 
Thank you, Mr. Felipe Massa, for bringing us back. And when we went Thank to you, break, David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. I was watching, uh, speaking of David Lee Roth, I was watching on Access TV, I think it is, the Sandy Hagar show. I, I kind of binged watched it a he's little bit. He's here on Tuesday, baby. I know. He's coming to town. That's I'm what I was leading up to. Him. Yeah. All right. Well, Andy, we got Andy Stobart on the line calling from somewhere in the UK. I, I, they said, he said where it was, but I didn't know anything about the geography over there. But Andy, we're talking in the pre-race show, we're talking about an American, if we could get an American driver. We got the track, we got the team, if we can get an American driver, how that could change the following in the United States. And I know that's just, we've, it's kind of a, we've gone over this many times, but I said that I think that it could even be a successful IndyCar driver like Newgarden or Alexander Rossi because you think, why would they leave such a sport? But if there's a way for them to get into a, a big team that if they, could, if they could be successful in Formula One, that they could change the whole series even if they were to like win the championship or something because then the, the dramatic shift, I think if that were to happen, you really would get a massive shift in an American audience and which everybody in Formula One has talked about for years and decades, if we can get this this coveted United States audience, that that could that could make a big difference in Formula One. What do you think about all that? Um, I mean, we've seen great uh, U.S. drivers in the past, um, and we've seen lots of good U.S. drivers or uh, drivers from the U.S. who haven't who fared pretty well in the U.S. but not fared so well. Uh, in Formula One. So there's many different things. Yeah, I don't know who you chuck straight into a top team. That would be a, a tough call uh, for any team manager, for a uh, Ferrari or a Mercedes or a Red Bull to take someone with no F1 track record and put them straight into a top team. Um, but I'm sure, you know, you put any top driver in that Mercedes, they're going to do well. Hmm. Yeah, Lance Stroll, as a North American, or at least a Canadian, um, that, that's probably almost the best shoe to fit in terms of investment and talent. Um, and it seems to be working. I don't think he's done, I don't think he's reached his full potential. Uh, I tell you who I thought of is Colton Herter. I mean, uh, he did a press conference this week with Fernando Alonso and was asked what it's like to, to sit next to a two time champion. He was like, um, he's not a two-time champion here. <laughs> not, not in my playground is basically what he was saying. He said, look, if I ran into him at Monaco, I might be a little bit in awe. He said, but when he's coming here, I'm racing him. Yeah. Exactly. Pretty hey, cool. let's, talk about, let's talk about JM Korea, Juan Manuel Korea. Juan Manuel Korea. He goes by JM, I think. But, but yeah, I mean, he's American, and he's you know, from Miami. And in, in Formula Two, he's a fanta- He was uh, a world champion Carter. He's a very very good uh, peddler, um, and I think um, we haven't seen the best of him yet. Um, yeah, Racing for Carlin, currently sixth, I think. Or yeah, it looks like he's sixth in the in the Formula Two standings. And he's in the Cyber Junior team. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering. We we were hoping to get uh, Sabre Cook on, um, who uh, is is doing the Infinity Engineering thing. But um, Junior programs. Um, Andy, what do you think? I mean, do you think that these? I mean, we look at the F two grid, and it's it's full of Ferrari Academy drivers and 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 Sauber and Renault Academy. Um, what what is it is it working? I mean, Red Bull is more famous perhaps than the others, but um, do you think that they are nurturing drivers, and do these programs work? 
they're nurturing, they do work, um, but obviously not every driver is going to make it to the top. That's why you have a, a program with many, because uh, not even the best talent spotters are going to um, identify and be precisely right with uh, every driver every time. Um, and if there's only one driver that's going to come through, uh, you've got you know three names, you said uh, three uh, people who are looking for. Uh, the next big thing. So it, it's something that's good for the sport um, in many ways. There are there is an argument that maybe it isn't so great because it's not so good for the drivers who don't make it into one of the driver programs. Uh, and equally, you see drivers who are in the program, out the program, come back in the program. Um, or so it's an element. Um, Motor racing is very expensive, as we know. So if you can get Ferrari to help fund you or get Renault or somebody else to help fund you uh, up to Formula 2, it's only going to help. You know, I wonder, well, Jonathan, what is the, what's the, when's the last time we had Santino Ferrucci, but he wasn't this successful as JM Korea's already been. What's, when's the last, I mean, we had Alexander Rossi, obviously, but, yeah, but, Rossi was the last uh, successful F2. You talk about F2? F2. Yeah, but just anywhere in the ladder to F to Formula 1. I'm, and Andy, if you ch remember, I just can't recall who else from America that that has done, you know, because it's exciting um, to me when we got this JM Ryan Tavita did okay um, and still is up there. He, If you remember, he came and joined us in the commentary. Yeah. Um, the, the next guy to watch, I think, coming through is Logan Sargent. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. He uh, and of course Cameron Das, who we've had on the show a few times. Um, it's it's tough. Um, there's no superstar. There's no Mick Schumacher per se um, that everybody's looking at as being a potential to come through. And Andy's right. You know, no, no none of the top four teams would just jump and 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 for an investment purpose uh, or, or even a PR purpose take a, an American driver because it was a good idea. He's got to be capable. Um, and the only way you can prove you're capable is to come through the F2, F3 system. Yeah. I mean, I, but I just got to be uh, – I feel certain we're going to be able to do this, get an American driver into Formula 1. I feel like with – you know the 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 news of Miami looks like it's not going to happen now. Well, maybe. But, yeah, yeah, and Vegas. Of it course. might happen somewhere else on a diff slightly different track, still within the same kind of vicinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what we're saying. Yeah. yeah, and what about what have you heard about Vegas, Las Vegas, Andy? Viva Las <laughs> uh, Vegas. Um, I've heard it's a fun place to go. Uh, I haven't heard so <laughs> much. Uh, 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 the, there's, Vegas comes up, and of course, Formula One has been there in the past. Yeah. Um, so if there are any car parks available, um, I'm sure we could go there again. Uh, it uh, There are, obviously, Liberty are looking at a number of venues, and they want to have more racing in America. Um, we all want to have more racing in America. So it, Vegas has to be one you look at. I don't know exactly whether it will happen. We won't know for – it's not over till the fat lady sings, as they say. So um, there will only be speculation and uh, investigations and things, but until the contract's signed and until the actual race is there, who knows. You see Bernie on the grid this morning? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but he won't be doing deals for new races no. unless he's – I don't think they'll be uh, negotiating with Bernie. <laughs> No, I think you're right there. <laughs> uh, what about so? Speaking of negotiating and the the things that Liberty Media has been doing, they talked about the race in Miami. They got pretty excited about that. 
And they're what about all the um, the esports that they're they're pushing? And you know, it feels like that they're trying to just bring the younger audience in. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's being successful. Or not. I have no idea. Uh, but they've also talked about some of these events that they're having that they're going to start having at more and more because they've done a couple of them already. Andy, did you get to be a part of any of those at uh, like the, I guess they had one at Silverstone last year? Um, that, well, they didn't at Silverstone. They they had one at London the year before. That's, oh, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was at London. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that was the uh, the year before. I think it was so twenty seventeen. <laughs> that was seventeen. Um, there was one at uh, um, Marseille last year. Um, there was something they did a bit Miami. of an event in Shanghai this year. They did something in Miami uh, last year. Um, there were a few other options looked at that that didn't come off. It, it's it's a difficult one to do. And what they found is. Um, it's all very well asking the teams to bring their cars um, to do a, a demonstration run. But um, if it's in the build-up week to a Grand Prix, the teams are kind of occupied. They've got something <laughs> going on. That's um, weird, yeah. The Grand Prix, so your, your cars are being used and your drivers are being used. And uh, it, it's difficult to reconcile uh, the competing requirements. Um, certainly, if you're looking at e-gaming, that's something that you, you can do online so you, you, you're not um, constrained to a location as such although you can equally utilize a location to to highlight and harness it so um, so e-gaming is something that formula one is adopting and uh, evolving with and nurturing a lot more than it ever did so certainly in the past three years formula one's woken up to it and realized hey we can be part of this uh, and that has a tremendous following and it's a younger and a different audience than would historically watch F1. So um, there's lots of scope and potential there. I think on the e-gaming, what they, they've done a little bit of this, but they need to get the drivers on there and somehow get them more involved, get them gaming, mm -hmm. and get them more involved. Verstappen's in a big gamer. Yeah. Well, Andy, yeah, still... some, some, some drivers do love it. Yeah. Other drivers, I don't think you're going to get Kimmy doing it. Um, <laughs> and it... <laughs> and, and equally, the drivers are doing the real thing uh, sort of 20 times a year. So they're they're quite happy with what they do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Uh, all right, Andy, we're out of time. Andy Stobart, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, hey, by the way, Andy, right after the show here, I'm about to go meet my son and go in his go riding in his new 2002 Boxster S, Porsche Boxster S with the new IMS bearing, new clutch, new water pump, new everything. We're about to go spend the afternoon messing around in that car. I'm quite jealous of you because mine's in the workshop at the moment. So if I can send it your way for that work too, I'll be a happy man. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Hey, Andy, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Speak next time. All right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Lots of content up there. And little uh, Everything from Formula One to MotoGP, IndyCar. Lots of IndyCar. Lots of content up there. And uh, always follow us on our social media. Lots of new stuff there, including SoundCloud. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Happy trails. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.